Hello, you're listening to Earth Matters. Earth Matters brings you environment and social justice stories. Today's story, Cat Containment Canberra, was produced in the studios of Radio 2XX Canberra on the lands of Ngunnawal and Ngambri peoples for Radio 3CR in Melbourne, Wurundjeri country, and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. I'm back, Horridge. Oh, hi, Beck. Welcome. Come in. Thanks. I'm here with Kathy Isles and Di Elliott. Morning, Beck. Di, thank you so much for having me in your home in a vet with your two cats. Thank you for coming. Can you tell me a little bit about your cats and your life here in Canberra? Um, well, I've got at the moment I've got two cats, and I think they're very happy, well-adjusted to always being inside. I don't want them to go outside for their own safety's sake and also for the sake of all the lovely little lizards and birds that I have in my yard. Today we're looking at cat containment. What is cat containment? So cat containment in the ACT means that people that own a cat have to contain the cat to their yard 24 hours a day. And that's quite unusual in an Australian sort of context because there's been nighttime containment in some shires around Australia, but Canberra was the first place to propose 24-hour containment. And that now has spread to some of the outer shires in Victoria as well. And I know that in South Australia they're looking at it in the Adelaide Hills and a few other areas. So a lot of those places where I suppose you've got suburbs that are nestled on bushland, it's become a critical issue. the reason that it was introduced in Canberra is that in the 2000s there were some new suburbs being built next to one of our most important nature reserves, Mulligan's Flat Woodland Sanctuary. Um, Mulligan's Flat is one of perhaps the best bird watching places in the Territory. It supports over 150 species of birds. There's an amazing reptile population in there. And they were also talking at the time about fencing it, putting a predator-proof fence around to uh, facilitate the research that they're doing out there, ecological research. So I suppose there was a concern that here we are, you know, protecting this area and spending a lot of money on infrastructure for conservation, but we're about to put suburbs there and people have pets. They have dogs and they have cats and cats do like to roam. So cats have been known to roam up to a kilometre. Most might roam up to half a kilometre a night. Um, So there was a lot of lobbying from conservation groups to say, well, initially they were thinking we'd have no cat in the suburbs, banning cats altogether, but that was always going to be very controversial because we know that cats are are wonderful companion animals for people and they're also good to have in an urban setting because they can be contained. So the government passed a law to basically make Bonner and Ford the first cat-contained suburbs in the ACT. the developer worked with government to make sure that all the new residents that were moving in were aware that they'd have to contain their cats. And interestingly, people also moved to those suburbs because they were cat containment suburbs. Because a lot of people that breed cats or are people like Di that enjoy keeping cats wanted to live in a suburb where they weren't going to be annoyed by cat nuisance. So that was an interesting sort of outcome. that It actually attracted responsible cat-owning households, which I think was unexpected. 
So, Kathy, what do you do? Well, Beck, I'm doing some PhD research on how people uh, value and live with nature in cities. So I'm actually looking at all sorts of things, I suppose, the way people interact and experience nature, but also the impacts that we have as urban residents on nature. Di, there's no law that says that your cat has to be contained in this suburb, is there? No, not in our suburb, but um, I'd like to see it introduced further into other suburbs in Canberra, not just the new suburbs, also the old suburbs. While I'm happy to have my cats contained, other people in the neighbourhood don't have their cats contained, which then therefore causes a problem for my cats because we have a, an outdoor enclosure and other neighbourhood cats come along and spray all over it and cause all sorts Ooh. of dramas for my cats. So... You know, while I'm trying to be responsible with mine, other people aren't. So to introduce it to the older suburbs as well, I think would be a great idea. Have your cats been contained since they were kittens or did they once have a life roaming? The two that I've now gone, they've never, ever gone outside. And they never, ever want to. Even when you go out the door, they don't try to come out after you because they know this is their home, this is where they're safe. And so they're quite happy to stay inside. The research actually shows that a contained cat will live longer. It'll have a healthier life. And that's largely because they're not going to be run over. They're not going to be in cat fights where, you know, cats carry um, viruses and diseases, feline AIDS, and there's other viruses they carry. They're not going to be exposed to those health issues. And they're not going to cause a nuisance for neighbours. The biggest thing that came out of the community survey was um, people's People's cats preying on wildlife in people's gardens, people's cats defecating in sand pits and vegetable gardens and that sort of stuff. In 2011, we thought we'd find out more about households that own cats, how people felt about controls on owning cats. And also we uh, went back to those cat containment suburbs, Ford and Bonner, and interviewed the residents that were living there see how they felt it was working. Most people understood the issues around cats roaming, relating to wildlife, relating to the health of the cat. They also thought that containment was a really good idea in the new suburbs, very high um, support for that, probably because those new suburbs are all being built next to important nature reserves. But I think 65% of Canberrans also felt that containment could be extended as well to some of the older suburbs. So what we found out through the survey is about a quarter of Canberra households own a cat. Around 70% contain their cat at some time, mainly at night. But you've got 25% that never contain the cat. If you only contained at night in Canberra, then you wouldn't be you know, really doing anything about conservation of your reptiles and your small birds. So I think that's something that um, the community needs to understand as well, that predation happens during daylight hours and nighttime hours. So Canberra's 24-hour containment is the most effective thing in terms of wildlife conservation. Oh, we've got the pink tailed worm lizard, the earless dragon, the striped legless lizard. <laughs> so we've got the Bullinger skink. We've got those lovely spotty Cunningham skink. Plus our blue tongues, um, bearded dragons. I mean, yeah, we are, it is reptile heaven in Canberra.
We're here in uh, Abbott. It's uh, West Belcondon of Canberra, and about 800 metres from a little creek called Ginandera Creek, which has some parks around it. And it's actually a corridor that leads right out to the edge of the suburbs. Mm. And uh, do you know anything about what's in Ginandera Creek? What are you actually saving down there? So Ginandera... There is a process of restoration along a lot of Ginandera to remove the weeds. Um, There's some very active landcare groups. They're largely restoring grassland, which is that sort of low, grassy habitat that supports orchids and other wildflowers and little herbs. Beautiful reptile habitat, beautiful habitat for small birds. So these corridors like Ginandera Creek are really important because they're the lifeline between our nature reserves. They're the the movement pathways, I suppose, for for our wildlife. So, as you said, it's only, what, 800 or Mm. metres from here? Cats will roam that far. So, I mean, and that's that's our critical issue for existing suburbs. So when we did research, we looked at all the important places around Canberra that provided Mm -hmm. habitat for threatened wildlife and what we'd call wildlife prone to predation. And very few suburbs came up as not needing containment if you were going to you know, protect wildlife. Because of the way Canberra's designed, all our suburbs are designed around nature reserves, they're designed around these creek corridors and wetlands. Yes, it's the bush capital. So we are lucky and we all want to leave some sort of legacy and and that legacy should be being able to enjoy wildlife in our city and also threaten wildlife. We're so lucky to share our city with some of the threatened reptile and, and woodland bird species. And as their habitat shrinks... You know, they're much more vulnerable, whether it's to predation or, you know, just there not being enough space for them to forage. Yeah, fragile species are being battered by climate yep. change as well and climate disruption. I did look up, I saw that there's been quite a few studies of Ginandera Creek and there are threatened species down there, the flame robin, yep. the scarlet robin and the spotted harrier. Mm. And platypuses have been spotted there. Yeah, yeah. Just something about keeping your cats contained. Our first two cats... They lived to be 19 years of age. Wow. And they were never allowed outside. When I got my second two cats, we felt a little bit guilty that maybe they might like to go outside. So they had a limited period that they could go outside. They got into cat fights. One got his back badly damaged and he was on medicine for the rest of his life for that. And how did that affect you? I was upset. Yeah. Um, my neighbour's cat did it, so I was upset with my neighbour. The other interesting thing about what Di's done in her house, which we'll look at when we walk around, is she's managed to build a containment structure that wasn't an expensive structure that actually fits beautifully with the house in terms of the cats being able to move in and out. So what the survey revealed is that people thought that containment was expensive and that it was being imposed on people. But we'd also argue, and Di's just giving you an example, that if a cat's in a fight... Like, your vet bills are going to be considerable. They're going to be more than the containment structure over the life of the cat. Yeah. So we might do the tour now. We're going to go and um, have a look now at the cat enclosure at Di's house. We're coming in. We're coming What's this pussycat's name? This is Miss B. Hello, B. She loves it out here, and they've got all the little climbing apparatuses. They've got a hammock. They've got their penthouse suite over there. They've got their lounge. What I can see is I'm in an enclosure that's about it's about four metres by 
six metres. And it's just the end of the deck, basically, that's been portioned off with some wire and a frame that's been built. And there's lots of platforms, lots of those furry cat platforms, a nice sofa to relax on, a sort of hammocky thing, and some um, little kennels as well as the kitty litter, a ball. There's some toys hanging from strings, some bells. Do they, do they ring the bells? Yes, they love to play, jump up and play with those. And they can um, look out into the backyard. It's a really important feature, actually. Do they get any sun? In wintertime, they love to get out there and they get the afternoon sun in winter. Um, summertime, this is where they virtually live. They just come out here the whole time. There's a cat door in the window there That's where they get in and out. Did you get someone to do all this for you or did you...? I'm married to a handyman. Ah. Yes, yeah, so he, he was able to put this together for them and it probably cost us um, be pushing it to be $2,000. That's in materials? That's in materials. And he did this yeah. hole in the glass as uh, well? No, we had someone do that. That was pretty inexpensive as well. There we go, Inch. through the cat flap. <laughs> so Dyes had to put up this sort of bamboo screen here to provide some separation because the neighbours and other roaming cats come in here and try to, you know, stir up dice cats. So they spray and, you know, some of the stuff, that territorial stuff that male cats do. And that that would be really stressful for dice cats too, to have these male toms, like hanging around. Mm. What I like about this is that it, because it's on the end of a veranda and so many Australian homes do have a veranda, it's something that a lot of people could do. Should we go back inside? This is some indoor litter. It's their litter box. Yes, for their litter trays I use recycled paper, so that's environmentally friendly. This is the cat's sitting room inside the house where they have two chairs, two beds, and in their beds for, for winter they have heat pads. Then they have a cat scratcher platform there, which you can see they use quite regularly, which... They don't touch the furniture, they scratch on that. So are they allowed on the sofa, your sofa? Oh, yes. They go where they like. They let us live with them, might I add. When you do contain your cats within your house all the time, there's a couple of things you need to be aware of. Okay. They do like to eat grass. It's good for their digestion. So it's good to grow them a little pot of grass in their containment area or within the house somewhere if you can. Or you can buy uh, cat grass at the nursery, Oh, grow some in your yard and, and pick some of that for your cat from time to time because they do need it. Now let us know when they want grass, you get a totally different meow out of them, totally different noise. Oh. Get out in the back and get me the grass. That's what they're saying. Oh. And so you need to be aware of that. And also it is not advisable to have fresh flowers in your house because they will eat them, <laughs> and some of them are toxic. Earth Matters has come to Di's house today to look at her cat containment system, and it's an absolute cat palace. You're with Earth Matters, and I'm Beck Horridge. I remember when I was a kid, dogs roamed free, and now dogs don't roam free anymore. When I grew up in Sydney in the 70s, yeah, dogs weren't required to be contained. And I remember being quite fearful of this dog that sort of used to sneak up on me on the way home from school. But, you know, the community basically said that's not acceptable anymore. So dogs now have to be on leads in most public places. They have to be contained to their own yards. 
But with cats, I suppose they were always seen as a bit of an easy pet and there were no controls in the 70s on how many cats you could actually own. So there were a lot of houses that had, you know, numerous, numerous cats. Since that time, I suppose there has been a crackdown on the number of cats. For instance, in Canberra now, I think to have more than four cats, you've actually got to have a breeder's licence. You have to dissex your cat from three months of age. We don't have registration yet. Registration would mean that we would have a handle on how many cats there are. It'd also be a, a small source of income to do community education about responsible pet ownership and to allow for some regulations to ensure people were containing their cats in cat containment suburbs. So that's the other thing that's happened is we have some rules, but they're not enforced. So, yes. And we also need to continue to educate residents. So I told you earlier about Ford and Bonner and how everyone supported the rules and thought it was a good idea. Yes. But, you know... There's been a lot of turnover of residents. Um, Ford's been developed for over 10 years now. Mm. And that second generation of residents aren't getting the same information. So we're getting a lot of reports about roaming cats. But the government has not put any resources into enforcing regulations. So has anybody been charged? No, no. There's been... What, what's, what's happened is cats have been um, tracked and taken to the RSPCA but they get returned to their owners without any penalty. So... Unlike dogs, the rules rules are quite different. There is a class issue here in that... I mean, it used to be that cats were something that if you rented, you could have a cat. Mm. Well, the cat could sort of live in the garden and not really be in the house, so your children could experience a cat that lived amongst several houses. Do you think this is really the era of common cat ownership may pass in the future? Yeah, and um, there's uh, what we'd call, I suppose, semi-owned cats that um, you're not quite sure who owns them, so everyone puts out a bowl of food. But those semi-owned cats don't live very well. They end up with the viruses and the feline diseases. So a number of states, South Australia and Victoria, have been trying to educate people about not feeding semi-owned cats and that if they are concerned about that cat, then they should take it to a vet, get it dissexed and formally adopt it. And then that cat is, you know, going to have someone that's taking responsibility for it. The other thing with having those semi-owned cats is that they do breed and they have kittens. So you're going to get, you know, a whole lot of kittens whose who's the outcome of, you know, their lives may not be that crash hot either. Are feral cats like that that don't have a proper owner, are they the ones or their progeny that escapes into the bush and into the wider surrounds around Canberra? Yeah, so the semi-owns would be contributing to that um, that wider feral population. So in urban areas, you know those big stormwater drains, the big concrete mm. stormwater drains? If you go to any of those at Woden or Elconnen, you would find cat colonies living there. Mm. And they are going to have to rely on their own resources in a lot of cases. And, yes potentially be the ones that end up providing, I suppose, the next generation that are likely to be feral and stray. And we don't have any um, means of controlling or trapping or anything at the moment for either those semi-owned or feral cats. If you're worried about a cat that you think isn't very well or not being looked after or isn't owned, you can actually, um, the RSPCA will lend you a trap and you can trap it. And then they will obviously do the health check and the behavioural check. If it isn't microchipped and not owned, then they will look to get that cat adopted. And the other thing in Canberra is we've got some of the highest adoption rates. So best to try and trap them and see if they can be rehoused.
Do you think if we, I mean, if we headed to a future where basically all cats were contained, then eventually we would be able to eradicate the feral population everywhere in Australia? I think eradication would almost be impossible, but you could definitely take the pressure off, reduce the, the, the predator population. Foxes are also critical as well when we're talking about a wildlife. The cats mm. and foxes are sort of, particularly in the Canberra region, were responsible for all mm. of the small mammal extinctions. Right. Probably one thing you'll never eradicate is irresponsible pet owners. threaten wildlife in the city and cats do have a natural instinct to hunt and chase but there are other ways that you can keep your cat interested and entertained we expected some negative sort of reaction to this campaign None at all. We got many emails and responses that this is great, keep it up, keep it going. A really interesting part of that campaign was the do-it-yourself workshops we did at a local hardware store, and they were the best attended and the most interest shown by the public in any do-it-yourself thing. You know, they do how to tile, how to fix a toilet, all that. We've been talking to the developers out at Gin and Dairy, which is a new development area in West Belconnen is actually builders constructing the cat containment structures within the, you know, the backyards and the, the homes already. And then it becomes an asset. Yeah. But it's also showing that it can be done in a way that's, you know, attractive. Mm. It fits in with the house. And it can be done in apartments. So the other thing about keeping a cat is that they will adapt quite easily to apartments. Mm-hmm. So we've got all these apartments going up around Canberra. Canberra's are like many other cities in Australia where there are increasing densities. Cats can adapt very well to that environment. Dogs and cats are both carnivorous. Are there other sorts of pets that are also therapeutic that might be a little bit better suited to the modern age? Budgies and birds and people like fish. Yeah. <laughs> and for um, somebody that's pre-teen, what would be a good pet to start with? Uh, Rabbits and guinea pigs tend to be popular and like chickens, Mm. like looking after chickens that are going to give you eggs, little bantams or or chickens. Oh, yeah. 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 Any ideas, Di? Um, Well, my children have never known life not having a cat in the house. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe cats. Cat registration would be a good idea. As Cathy said, it helps keep track of where cats are and, and I'd be quite happy to have my cats registered. Mm. Meant they existed. Yeah. So at the moment, Bet in Canberra, you're required to microchip them and that's the chip that, you know, they've got a unique identifier. But that's run by private companies and you have to keep your details up to date. So you have to keep your contact details up to date. Most people don't do that. They wouldn't even think about it. So they could move with the cat and the microchip and forget to update that register. The thing about registration is that's going to be constant across, you know, you're going to have to actually do that. It's like your rates, you know, you're going to actually have to do that and there'll be a public record of the owner. Do you think cat registration will happen? Yes. And we're one of the last um, jurisdictions to 
I think us and Tassie are the only two states and territories that haven't got registration. Really? And the NT, yes. Do any of the political parties line up behind cap containment more than others? Um, well, we've also got the ACT Greens in Canberra that are in a partnership, you know, a power sharing agreement with ACT Labor, and they have kept pushing this along. So while Labor did introduce it, they they haven't, what I would say, put the resources and and, you know, put the capacity into education and compliance of the regulation. Have any political parties opposed it? Yeah, the Libs weren't too happy about it. They'd see it as... They, they, uh, they make fun of it as something that's kind of like frivolous policy. So and that's on the record in, in the Legislative Assembly in Canberra. Although the report that Michael Mulvaney, who's an ecologist in the ACT, we wrote in 2013 has been sitting around for a long time, the ACT has been doing some work behind the scenes on a proper management plan for domestic animals. So they, you know, they're looking at both dogs because there's been a lot of controversy about dog attacks and tightening up regulations around dogs, but also trying to pick up on this where do we head with cats, how are we going to finance it, are we going to extend the rules. Um, I think there's 15 suburbs that are containment suburbs now and... We've always argued that they should look to consolidate that and um, work with the community, have a kind of a transition period where you work with the community. So introduce containment, but tell people they've got a period of time that they have to comply and also provide some tools to help them comply, like these workshops that I spoke about to provide an incentive for people to basically comply with the rules. What about you, Diane? Yeah. Any more thoughts? Well, I'd just like to say there's nothing better in this world than to have a cat on your lap curled up asleep keeping you warm. You've been listening to Earth Matters. This edition was produced in the studios of Radio 2XX Canberra on the lands of the Ngunnawal and Ngambri peoples for Radio 3CR in Melbourne in Wurundjeri country and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. And if you'd like to get in touch with Earth Matters team, you can email us at earthmatters3cr at gmail.com or visit our Facebook page on Earth Matters 3CR Radio. If you'd like to listen to or share editions of Earth Matters, you can find this and all the Earth Matters podcasts at 3cr.org.au forward slash earthmatters. That's all for today's show. Thanks so much for sharing this time with us. The Earth Matters team will be back next week with more environmental and social justice stories. I'm Beck Horridge. The bird songs were from A Morning in the Australian Bush by Listening Earth and from My Canberra Backyard. <laughs>